Okay, it's going up now. It's, it's going. Okay, we'll get to recreate everything all over again. Mark two. Mark two. <laughs> so, well, uh, welcome back to uh, Diplomacy Games. This is actually the second time we've tried to record. We've been crapping on for about ten minutes. We looked at the uh, the recording device and went, "Hey, it says only two seconds. I think we've got a problem." <laughs> so, uh, trying to re- 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 backstep and, um, and welcome and to the regatta. Welcome to the regatta hotel yep. in uh, suburban Brisbane. Although, as Kana mentioned in the last <laughs> last attempt, <laughs> last attempt ten minutes ago, uh, we're kind of still in a bit of a. I don't know we, we say we say suburban, but we're only what about two, oh. three kilometres out of the CBD. I've got to say, it's the outskirts of the CBD. It's still a CBD in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Like five minutes on the ferry. Or yeah, it was surprisingly quick minutes to get on the train. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, well, here we go all, again. Here we go. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Um, what are you drinking, Andy? Um, after checking it, I think from memory it was a Punter's Corner Cabernet Sauvignon from the Colonel Warra, I'm correct. And you are having? Uh, the Dolp Bolshers. It's a dark ale reserve. Nice drop. Nice drop. Heavy, heavy beer. Heavy beers. If you like your stout, it's a, it's a lovely stout. It's a, it's a strong beer for a strong man. Oh, there's <laughs> this Scottish coming out in there. <laughs> oh, actually, we, should, we shouldn't simultaneously drink. It's very boring for the listeners at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good point. Um, I mentioned very, very quickly earlier that... Um, and uh, came to kind of faint surprise. I used to actually work here at the Regatta Hotel. Uh, about 20, 25 years ago when I was at university and I was in the, uh, the bottle shop at the back, which has now been turned into a car park. And uh, I've got to actually say, this is a... I know we've been to a couple of Swiss joints, but this is really quite nice. It's pretty down to earth. It's come a long nice way. Nice place, really, isn't it? It used to be quite tacky in my day when I was... It <laughs> <laughs> used to be painted pink. Do you remember that? No. Yeah. For real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like at the moment, it's it's the current trendy black and white and grey type of colours that with a wood finish, wood finish, a bit of industrial look. Uh, but a few, I think most recently, it was like almost like a pale white and a little bit of green. And yeah, 20, 25 years ago, it was a pink. Well, there we go. A bit of British pink history. And I come down here once or twice a month to play backgammon with a mate from work. I win some, lose some, but you know, it all works out in the end. Oh, you do well. I'm sure you play just as well as you do with diplomacy. Uh, maybe a bit better, actually, I reckon, sometimes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, enough of the talk around um, us just crapping on. We're going to talk around uh, a, couple of, a couple of things today in our third episode. We're going to discuss the variant, uh, the Italian Renaissance variant on V-Diplomacy, which I call, based on my pronunciation, Renascimento. And Kana calls... Renascimento. Renascimento, there but we go. Uh, the Renaissance variant anyway. The Renaissance variant. It's so a... we've got a bit of a, a shout-out to the creator, uh, which who was on well-known on the side as Tartarus Darden. But according to the map, his name is... Emmanuel Ravioli. That's right. No. Not spaghetti. Ravioli. No, no. no, no, no. Ravioli. I'm sure someone out there will correct me. Correct. So um, we were just saying, actually, a little bit before that it's a shame that he dropped off the radar because he did make some incredibly good variants. He was very active for a long while, yeah. um, especially at the start of the V diplomacy. Um, he, well, he basically got me hooked on to making variants myself, um, going back way back when. Um, oh, this happened. Do you remember this guy Butterhead and Shep and that lot? 
I remember Shep in the old days. Is Butterhead still around, or has he gone away too? Oh, I think he pops his head up every now and then. Um, throws, a, throws a bit of abuse in. <laughs> the right <laughs> people. Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, no, we were playing a game of Chaos, and we were playing a game of Octopus concurrently. Right. And um, ah. we came up with this idea, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, of putting them together, and that eventually became Chaoctopi, you see. And um, we were posting about in the forum, and Tadar just went, I can do that, guys. No worries. And so, bam, all of a sudden there's this new variant from an idea that we had, and I was hooked. From then on, I just wanted to know how to make variants. Awesome. Because, you know, this idea came to life um, by this guy, Tadar, who's no longer around, unfortunately. But no, 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 no. Bit of a shame. It's just so that listeners understand and know, um, Chaoctopi, you talked about being a mix of chaos and um, octopus so just for anyone particularly probably more in the web diplomacy space where they don't have as many variants because they love classic and other things over there do you want to just describe what is chaos what is octopus and therefore what makes chaotify well chaos um, is uh, essentially built anywhere um, and the map itself you start off as a a crowded map of um, is it the, the 434, European. or how many is it? How many SCs is there? How many oh, this is, there? this is a standard game, but it's been divided. I think there's nine players on the, on the standard map, oh, as opposed to um, okay. seven. So and, all the um, neutrals have been turned into countries. That's right. Yep. Neutrals have been turned into countries, and Octopus is one where you can move two supply centres in a turn. You can effectively yep. jump over uh, spaces on the map. So that's chaos, and uh, chaos builds is being able to build anywhere. And, and that, I mean, that when you get into variants and things, that's, I guess, where there's not only the, the variants and changes to the board, but there's the changes to the rules. So that's yeah. where we're starting into some of those rule changes, which then, once that was created, that really knocked on to a whole heap of different games to allow multiple movements and often not the same unit, so I'm sorry, not the same unit type. So, like, an army might be able to move only one, but a fleet could make move two or... Whatever, or even three, or yeah. three, or whatever you want. Depends it. on the coding. God, if you look at something like um, what's the weird wacky one? Is it Ankara Crescent, where you pretty much you can just move anywhere? Oh yeah, yeah. All the all the regions are connected to each other. Yeah. Aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. I remember there used to be there was a forum years and years and years ago. Um, I think it was on V Diplomacy, but before the game, that actual variant was created, and it was all about Ankara Crescent, and it was just a lot of just being stupid you know what I mean and oh. then all of a sudden someone went I can make that and they did that's right yep no, so the Ankara Crescent is um, basically oh no we probably shouldn't tell them what the rules are on that yeah, Ankara, special rules yeah there's special forum rules oh okay I don't know about special forum rules oh well you know there's a li- there's links out there to how to play Ankara Crescent of course you just go to the website don't you no 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 <laughs> It's just been passed down, but um, oh, is it? Is it a secret? 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 No, it's not really secret. Secret diplomacy really? thing. You have to go into a special club, do the right handshake. <laughs> oh, better not. I, no, I don't want to say it. No, I can't. I can't. Needless to say, I'll start a game of Anchor at present on the forum. Um, oh, okay. As, as a forum game, not not the actual variant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, there you go. Anyway, we're we're digressing once again. Well, we never we never do that. Straight away away from yeah, it. Yeah, there we are. So, um, I think last time around when we were just counting us around, is it 12 players, I think, in this game? 12, yes. And the thing that um, I love about this game is it's just, or sorry, this particular map, is it's it's beautiful. It's got so many different options with how you can kind of move around. 
it's as historic. Well, it, it's maybe not a hundred percent historically accurate, but it's pretty bloody close. And um, it's, it's got just, a few funny rules to it as well. Hey, yeah. Like for instance, um, you've got this this space Benevent Benevento Benevento Benevento. Let's go put on a funny accent, Benevento. They start off with an army, right? Which yeah. can support, move, and support hold, but you can't move out of that space. Can't it? No, stuck there forever. Really? Yeah. Seriously? Yes. I don't remember that rule. Well, there you go. I don't think I've ever played the papal states in this game. You're not missing anything. They just get sandwiched. They do. I've actually seen a couple of games where the papal states have been pretty strong. Well. I kind of think of Renaissance. Mind you, most times Napoli just smashes into him and then Venice comes down and smashes into him after he's smashing through Ferrara. So, yeah, yeah you probably are right. And then, of course, if Forenza's playing well and... Okay, yeah, you're right. My favourite You don't want to draw the Pope. <laughs> My favourite country to draw is um, Geneva. Okay. Because it's kind of a mix. You're, you're, you're a bit of a land country, you're a bit of a sea country. Mm. And you kind of got your fingers in the pie of all these small little states. Varennes, Pisa, Siena. You, you're kind of talking to Rome and you're kind of talking to Naples. Yep. You have to have a little bit to do with Turkey, which is like this invading fleets coming from nowhere. Yep. And you're also touching base up there with... Um, Savoy. Savoy and Milan. And you don't have to worry about a Venice. So for me, Geneva's my favourite. I have played Geneva, I think, once on this map, and um, without actually coming and having a look at the stats, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if, if um, Geneva does pretty well overall within the stats, more from a draw point of view. I can't really see it winning. Yeah. It makes yeah. it possible. I mean, everything's theoretically possible. I was just saying before, before we kind of realised we weren't recording that um, you know, I've actually won this map as Turkey, which starts off with zero supply centres and uh, is it three or four fleets just pissing around in the Mediterranean. You have to actually invade. You have to invade and take over stuff, yeah. uh, which is just pretty bloody difficult. I was quite surprised with being able to do that. But yeah, it just goes to show that this map, which is probably one of the few... Well, sorry, actually probably recognises one of the, the most unbalanced maps of all of the diplomacy variants within the diplomacy. Um, you know, you can still come back from behind and, and, and win if you play the game right. Yeah, or be part of the draw. Or um, be part of the draw. We should probably talk oh, just a little bit more about the geography of it, but yep. then I'll talk about the special um, scoring function it has with this, yep. um, within it. Um, so you, you've got, you've got into quite a number of powers start off with just one supply centre and uh, Pisa, Ferenc, Siena and um, Ferrara all start off with just one supply centre and the, the thinking is that you really do need to rely on your diplomatic skills to um, well discuss with your larger neighbours to help you and to help them um, unfortunately human beings being human beings um, those small players can often be crushed between two larger groups. You say that often happens in this version? Uh, it's yeah, it does a bit. You often kind of see that there's like um, there's usually there's threat three quite small ones. I mean, really, actually no, it's four really small ones. There's um, Pisa, 
there's Ferrara and what's that green one down there? Siena. Siena. And then of course France. And of course Turkey. Okay, so yeah. five. Yeah. But of those those three in the centre, inevitably you'll always see at least one of them will make it to the mid game. They'll usually because of the way the power plays tend to work with, with the um, with Ferenz, which is smack bang in the middle of it, and the Papal States, um, and to a certain extent also depending on what Milan and uh, Venice or Venezia does, one of them will inevitably crack some type of deal and come under the umbrella of one of the more powerful players. But, you know, at least one, if not two of them, will get swallowed up as part of the horse trading. Um, I, I love this black line that runs down the spine of Italy. Uh, you know, you're not being able to pass through certain yes, borders. I was trying to remember the it name really of it and quickly, it. quickly Google. It's the, uh, it's the, I think it's the Apennine Mountains, uh, Apennine Mountain Range. So it's that ridge that goes all the way down. Um, I suppose all the way. If you're thinking from Italy as a boot, it kind of starts at the thigh goes down past the knee and stops about halfway along the, the shin, just where you're about to put on a pair of socks, I guess. Yep. And the uh, the great thing around that is that um, that makes it interesting, you've got all these passes to try to get through from north to south or south to north. And it just brings that extra layer of complexity into the game that um, you know most people, you know, if they're, if they're into into, beatable, into variant games, it's just, we're always just into it because it's we don't want things simple and easy. Yes, you can go off and you can play a, a normal seven-person classic game and there's a lot of fun being had with that. But chances are, once you've played that 50 million times and you're going, yeah, I want something different. It's, it's like you start going down the path of, I want something different, and then you do that and you go, yeah, that was good, but I want something different. So it's one of those things where, you know, we, we kind of find a lot of players will start off with something small and they'll move on to something more complex and then it's actually the same thing as we've said before about variant developers. They'll start off with a very basic change to a variant and they'll go, hey, yeah, I could do that, and then they start pushing the envelope. But anyway. Um, we, we should also talk about the point scoring system for it. Hey, um, yeah, this is one that's really quite limited, isn't it? Um, well, it... it it's before the big discussion between um, PPSC, points per supply centres, and winner-take-all games yep. um, as point system-basic um, scoring systems, the, the developer of this particular variant, this is before unrated games even came on. No Back in the dark ages. Dark ages, yep. Um, so, according his thinking was that it was built within a points per supply system centre system so um, if you draw and you, you, you play the vanilla version of this variant there is only vanilla isn't it? well you're playing um, points per supply centre oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you still it. can't do winner to, I think you can but it's made for points per supply centre um if you draw a, a country like Venice, which starts off with five or six supply centres, or the Papal States or um, Naples, yep. and you survive and you thrive and you conquer the board and you win, okay, you only, you're, 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 the value of your score in that system is actually less than if you were to start off with 
a small state like Pisa, yep, thrive, prosper, and go to the win, or you have to be part of the draw, you get a larger share of the pot if you do that with a small country in this variant. Are you, is it limited though to the number, is the pot kind of limited? I had a feeling this was one of those few variants, and I, I could probably check, maybe I should check and actually sound informed, but um, isn't this one of those few variants that is kind of capped with the, how big the pot can be, like your, your actual points investment? Uh, no, I don't think there is a points investment Is it? Cap. Is it? Is it? Oh, okay, so you can do whatever. Yeah, you can play at whatever cost you'd like to okay. play. Um, but bear in mind that the whole point scoring system has evolved on from this point yeah, 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 in time. True. And it remains a fun little... Um, it remains a fun map to play, as well as getting into the characters of these these countries as well. Yeah. What do you mean by the characters? Well, I mean, you're hard to resist playing the Pope, oh, really. Whoever draws the Pope who plays Pope. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of actually, when you think about it, quite often, you know, sometimes when you're doing a classic or whatever, you know, people stop treating it as like the King of Italy and start treating it as like the Pope for some God knows reasons. No pun intended. But, um, yeah, this one, this one is quite literally the Papal State, so you are the Pope. Um, I haven't actually seen anyone kind of issue any papal edicts or anything like that for... Oh, no, taking the piss, but... <laughs> no, I've seen it in the public press, you know, someone starts attacking Oh, yeah. And they issue an edict, so, you know, you, can't, you can no longer attack. But, of course, no one pays any attention. You've got to look after His Holiness. That's right, yes. <laughs> so, the reason that we kind of thought we'd talk a little bit about this during today is there has been a fair amount of recent conversation in the forum on uh, the diplomacy and around, hey, look, and I don't know if it was spurred on by the, re- by the conversations that were in the forum that we talked about last episode about potential development stuff coming down the... Um, the pipeline cross fingers and uh, hoping we haven't kind of got ourselves excited over nothing but um, people are saying hey look this is a really great map and, and some people like the unbalanced nature of it um, some people don't I mean a lot of people kind of like a nice fair even game you know you, you're, you're basing your wits against another players your negotiation skills and your deceiving skills against another players on a, on a fair equilibrium. And uh, obviously some people are going, hey, look, how can we bring that dynamic to this awesome map? Yeah. So some of the conversations and the items they're talking about is really quite interesting. So I think it was um, Decima who made, yeah, it is Decima who came up with, um, he actually went to the trouble of making a, a map that... Um, he made a couple. Was it? He made he a couple made a of couple, different maps because yeah, yeah. as people provided feedback, he said, "Hey, how about we try this and try that?" And it's actually quite fun, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the map makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. How 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 he's going about? Can you bring up the map there? Or? Oh, I just hate how iPads are so difficult to Excuse select. Your fingers so big. Yeah, big puffy fingers. That's right. Um, you just copy the whole thread. Instead of just that individual link, I will get there. I will get there. Kind of one thing you wish that would happen within um, these forum things is that automatically that just creates hyperlinks, and that would be an awesome development if it just made hyperlinks straight away. But instead of doing that, we just have to kind of put up with bookie fingers and trying to actually, you know, do some delicate cutting and pasting. So look, my delicate little fingers, oh, Kana was able to bring something up. I don't know if this was the most recent version, 
but it's it's a good you know speaking point. And in this, because there was some talk around about combining. There's two main. There's two main um, thought pro, not thought process. Train of thought, I guess, was within the um, the forum around this. One was the idea of combining lesser states into more powerful states, which weren't necessarily historically correct. The other way was actually trying to actually break up some of the more powerful players and introduce more lesser states. So you become going away from like 12 uh, potential players in the game to, I don't know, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm guessing looking at those numbers, they're probably about 18, 20? About 24 by the looks of it. 24, wow, you got good math. Yep. So, um, and, and some of these things I think some of the uh, the people on the post pointed out, look, the map isn't, depending on which historical reference point you use, that changes the whole dynamic. I mean, some of the ideas about in- introducing the, uh, the Berber pirates into North Africa I thought was a great idea and having them kind of rolling around the uh, West Ligurian Sea and just off the coast of Sicily. Great idea. Much the same way that you've obviously got Turkey um, stuck out in the Eastern Med and those other areas, including the Spanish, or the uh, I think they were the uh, the king or the crown of is it Castilian or is it Aragon Castilion. at the time? Castilian. I think it's sounding a bit French there. Spanish. Yeah, it's got to be Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> it is Spanish. Um, so those that was a really good inclusion. There was a lot of talk, which I think was really really interesting around France. Now, I know from just having a, um, a personal conversation with uh, Emmanuel who, when he made the map years ago, one of the, the reasons he put um, France into it was the fact that he was <laughs> living in France at the time. <laughs> well, they had to be doing something. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Like he's, a, he's, a, he's actually from Bologna in, uh, in Italy, but he was uh, not too far away from the, uh, the French-Swiss border and um, kind of thought, oh, well, I'll... I'll give the French a bit of a presence in this. So um, some of the conversations that have been going on in the forum about making France just a little bit more of a, a, a stronger power, but not excessively strong. Like they only start in this in, in this variant, sorry, variant on the variant map that we're looking at um, with one SC, but they've got three uh, units where they should be able to theoretically conquer Geneva and move on elsewhere. So I don't mind. I don't mind this map. You've got another another version. Is it the more recent oh, version? There? No. So there was also a random suggestion that you just give everyone on the board a starting supply centre and say, you know. So it's more like a straight. It, it's, it's more chaos. like a straight chaos type thing. Um, it's like you know, Italy Renaissance Italy is is dissolved in existing powers. Pure city states. Yeah. No. No. No nations there at all. And I don't mind that if it's kind of if it's. Um, Put in the context of like almost like an alternate history, a historical in some sense, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's not bad. So look, I think it'll be really interesting to see where this conversation goes uh, because it is a fantastic map. It's got so many different ways of approaching things, and um, if some people are after a more balanced version of it, this great map, you know, it's got to go somewhere. And oh, absolutely. I don't think they you know, have and, to. And to be honest with you, Amby, the to, to make the variant change of just rearranging where the starting positions oh, are. so easy. Yeah, who, how many countries there are. It's a really simple process yeah. once the lab is up and running. So I can actually see in the future when um, Captain actually gets this lab up and running, yep. I can see both of these variants hitting the shelves very, um, 
and in, in that's, 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 that's what I think is fantastic. You know, you can kind of get. You don't just have to have one version. You can have multiple versions of the of the, yeah. the variant. You, know, you can have one which is pure chaos. You can have one which is a lot of smaller uh, conglomerations, and yeah, see what people go with. It's as I mean, to ever you know as to if you know because there's 76 supply centres as to whether a game ever starts or not another thing I reckon but Decimus one I think is really you know nice looking map yeah yeah. hey one of the subtle things about this particular map and I don't know if you've ever picked it up or maybe you have you're a smart guy uh, which I subsequently implemented in one of my variants is did you know that that top right hand corner where it's got Renishmiento and everything like that the colour scheme actually changes as the game progresses no it does it does Really? So whoever's actually got the most SCs at that point in time, I think when it comes to the end of the the, um, the year, whoever's got the most SCs, that colour, that background changes. Oh. So if it's like, I think it starts off with default, with um, uh, the papal states being yellow having the default. But um, if Na- Napoli or Venice gets the dominant, you know they've got the most of them, that goes to change colour. Oh, I never realised. That's cool. And um, all the different uh, coats of arms around here are all the, the the players, the actual, sorry, the coats of arms for the different countries, so to speak, within the game. Well, I figured that. Yeah. So they had to probably do something around that if they're going to, I don't know, I, you know actually, this, this map here is the one I'm pointing to, which is where I'm sure we were going to show somewhere. We'll include the link. Um, doesn't It's got rid of all those uh, coats of arms, because obviously there'd be too many. <laughs> hey, um, we've come. I think we've, we've covered Renishimiento enough. Yep, and we've hit halfway. I think we need. We've hit another, halfway, and we're also out of up. alcohol, so we need to be able to do that. Should we uh, pause? Because I've noticed that whilst this is a nice little place, uh, that the actual service is a bit slow. It took me like five minutes to get a wine. All right, we so better pause it. We better pause. So we'll pause yep. now. Go get some alcohol, and we'll be back. And we're back. We're back. So we've uh, we've restocked the uh, our drinks, and in the interlude period, we went, oh shit, we should actually kind of recognise some of the the ideas that came out of improving this. We we mentioned before about decimal making the maps, but we should really give two big shout outs, I think, on this one. The first one, of course, is Theatre Barris for starting the starting the thread. Yeah, and yep. saying, hey, let's let's start a conversation. Let's how can we make this better? And um, a lot of people started getting into part of this is all around about you know the actual negotiations and the trading and, and you know trying to get your way around it. And then of course, you know, go for jumping in and saying it's called diplomacy, not tactics. Of course, you know um, I, do, I, I, I do like I do like Gopher's point of view. I've got a lot of time for Gopher. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. Some of his forum um, posts are excessively long. And go into detail that like 99.95% of the general population, let alone the diplomacy population, would go, oh god, what are you crapping on about? What's going on here? But no, no, he's got some really, really great ideas, and I've got a lot of time for him. So, um, and especially um, Scuba Steve, Perinciage, um, and Roughhouse for all um, contributing throughout it. All great, all great diplomacy all great ideas. players and great and, ideas. Um, Inky Bot as well. So, well done guys, and uh, we'll do a chings. Here's cheers. Cheers to you guys. Mm. Very nice. 
So the second thing we thought about talking yep. on was um, well, a forum game, which is... Is it, a, is it a forum games. game? Is, is this one a forum game or not? Or is it more we you had an idea and then we played it? Boss? Yes. No, Boss started off as a forum game. Okay. Um, it started off um, oh, was well, it? going... So we should actually talk about what the game is. The so Boss. Boss isn't like stock exchange type of stuff really, isn't it? Like, is that the, it's a French word for stock exchange or... Is it? Or, I think it's the Dutch word for stock Dutch. exchange. The Boss. Oh, okay. Yeah, like the Amsterdam boss. I'm sure they, they sell tulips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't the Dutch the originals to float the uh, float the idea of a stock market for the Dutch East Indies Company? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty certain they were the ones that invented the whole the old crazy idea, and then the British nicked it for the British East India Company. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Ah. Took a great idea and ran with it. If it works, it works. Up until the point everything goes all haywire. <laughs> We've been running talking. colonies for God knows how many years. <laughs> anyway, anyway um, so, so the, Bors. the idea of Bors is that it's invented by a guy called Don Miller. Um, Thanks, about, Don. About forty years ago, really plus. Yeah, so it's been around since nineteen seventy-five wow. or something. Um, well, longer, longer. When this fellow, um, he, this fellow uh, published it in a flyer set out with an old school diplomacy scene in. 1975, and he reckons it's been around for 40 years, and this is a post from 2010. So, so this this variant must have popped up very quickly around the time of the invention of diplomacy. Right. Okay. So it's a very long-running uh, tradition that runs alongside uh, a game. And we've had one of these games played at the diplomacy, haven't we? Uh, we've actually had a couple. Have we had a couple? We've had a couple. And, okay. Um, I only knew about one because I was in one. Yeah. Um, well. This is before the time we spectate games, right? Yeah, so, oh, yeah, yep. Um, we, we, we quite literally had to recruit players to play the game yep. who were also going to play at the boss at the same time. Yep. Uh, which led to some really interesting uh, discussions. But before we go into that... We um, should talk about how about the actual works. rules. Yes. Um, rules work. So any number of players can actually participate in a vanilla game of boss. Right. Um, so... Let's talk about it on the uh, traditional diplomacy map, because that's a map that everyone sort of you know, has an idea of. Everybody about. knows that map should do. Um, so each player starts with a thousand units of any currency. So they start with a thousand Austrian crowns, a thousand English pounds, a thousand French francs. So, sorry, do they start with a thousand of each? A or thousand of each. Okay, yep. yep. Um, so all currencies are equal, they're all equal to the value of one at the start. One dollar. Well, everything so a thousand Austrian marks is worth a thousand German marks equals a thousand French francs, a thousand pounds. Yeah, to start off with, to yep. start off with, okay? Um, so there's actually two parts in the game. Um, you're buying and you're selling, all right? So you can never sell more than 500 units at a time of a currency, right? but you can buy as much as you can afford yes. of any other currency. Oh, this okay. is bringing back memories, yep. <laughs> So what happens is that each time 100 units of a currency is sold, the value of that currency depreciates by one cent. Right, yep. Okay, so let's say in the first turn um, there's 500 English pounds that are sold, then the next turn the value of an English pound costs 95 cents. Yes, that makes sense, yep. So it's devalued. Likewise, each time 100 units is bought, the value of the currency rises. Okay? 
Yep. So 100 units, the value of the currency rise of one cent. Yep. All right. That's pretty simple, huh? This is working fine for me with my basic, very minimalistic math brain. Yep. yep. Um, but let's say it's, it's only a variance of 100, 100 units, okay? Yep. So if 299 units were sold of a currency, we would only go down two, two cents. Yeah, okay. As opposed to three, three cents. cents. Yep. Yep. So it has to be full 100 cent rounds. So what you do, if someone decides to run it as a GM and you send to that the game master, I'd like to buy, uh, I'd like to, well first of all you have to sell to buy, essentially start off with a thousand units, I want to sell a yep. hundred of each, a um, hundred lira, a hundred ruble, a hundred piastres, a hundred German marks, and that gives me four hundred dollars to play with, I'm going to buy 400 French marks. Yep. And that's in French one francs. French francs, yep. In one <laughs> in one season, okay? Yep. So that, that's what happens in a season. Yep. So this game is played concurrently. So you're betting on the value of the currency, but you're also betting on the value of that currency's longevity on the board. Okay? Yeah, because I'm trying to read, I mean, when this, this game was played, uh, the one that I was involved in, back in February, 2013. So I'm a little bit hazy. So this is when you kind of said, "Hey, let's let's talk ball." So I thought, "Yeah, yeah, that sounds interesting." I don't think I've ever played that. And then I looked into it and went, "Oh yeah, I have, and I played against you." So, <laughs> so I'm trying to remember though. Okay, so the point is, you're trying to look at. You don't want to be invested in a currency of a country who gets eliminated. That's right. Okay. So. All your all because when that happens, the currency is yeah, worth nothing. Goes to zero yep. overnight. Okay, so you don't want to be stuck with currency of a country that is getting it hammered, it's getting its ass kicked out. Yep. Because you're going to lose all your investment. Okay, so and you want to invest into countries um, that are doing well. Now the thing is that everyone else who's playing it is also making these same decisions. They're thinking, oh, Russia's doing well. I'm going to buy rubles. Okay, buy rubles, yep. buy rubles, and Germany's getting his ass whooped by France and England. Sell the mark, sell the mark, sell yep. the mark. Okay, but each season the mark loses Keeps value, losing, loses losing, value, losing. and you lose the amount of return on it. And each season the ruble goes up and up and up and up and up. So yeah. my my kind of reading of that from a very basic level is that if you're France and or England, and you're kind of working in alliance to get rid of Germany, maybe Russia's in there. So three-way okay Germany's getting totally hammered and if I would say France I'd go okay this currency is cheap as I'm gonna stop fighting Germany now but before I do that I'm gonna buy a big in German marks yes. and then kind of try to maybe cut a deal with England saying hey think you may be doing something maybe you should stop fighting too and we'll buy up in this so there's an added dimension into the game. So, so that's what happens when you're actually playing in the game that you're also buying currencies in. Yes. Right. Right. So, um, but the, the original force is actually played separately from a game. So you're speculating only on the game. So um, you can play this a game within a game. We can play this a game outside of, of a game. Yeah, of a game being played. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, we, we we did we did put a couple together. Um, we we did one with. Uh, just a basic diplomacy classic map yep. and, and had seven volunteers who were going to play it for us who were playing force alongside and we found that even though um, those players um, 
were keenly following what was happening on the market, it still affected that their choices that they were making on the board. So they would deliberately put themselves into situations to try and affect what value their currencies was was, was making in the yep. course. And so then we thought, okay, all right, why not um, why not play an actual large scale game, known world, which we covered uh, on our first episode. Why not play known world on um, how many players? That's fourteen players. Isn't it? Fifteen. Fifteen players. That was that much. <laughs> Give or take. 15. 15 players. Why not um, <clears throat> put 15 players together? And just like what Ambie was saying, we can all speculate on the, the value of the currency inside the game whilst we're actually playing it. So um, there, there's a duopoly of playing within that game. Yep. So as you were saying, you can, you know, even though you're, you're down on your luck and you're almost dead, you might find a benefactor in um, another country who puts a lot of money into your uh, currency who would then look after you to keep you survived to the end. Yep. Okay, so the winning of the winning of balls um, is essentially that at the end of the game, um, every 100 units of that currency that you own is multiplied by the amount of supply centres that a country has. At the okay, end of the say game. that again, because I'm kind of onto my second drink now and we're okay. starting to talk math, so I so, need to concentrate. Every number block of 100 units that you own of a person's currency yep. is multiplied by the amount of supply centres that is owned by that country. Gotcha. Okay. okay. So, for instance, if Turkey wins a game with 18 supply centres, right, and France wins a game with uh, comes draws on a 14, and England has two, right, but the boss player has 6,000 pounds. 10,000 um, piastres and 4,000 francs, right? What's a piastre? That's the Turkish unit of currency. Oh, okay. Yep. Thought it was like bezels or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd get... <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some using little red hats. <laughs> That's how they trade in Turkey. That's right. Here's my hat. I'll take two. <laughs> um, so, so you get 120 um, points for um, the pounds, 1,800 points for the Turkish currency that you hold, and 560 um, points for the francs that you hold, which will give you 2,480 2, points at the end of a game. Right. Yeah. But all that's kind of irrelevant because you've given a spreadsheet when you're playing this and you can actually track your that's right. points. There was a spreadsheet, going. wasn't there? Yeah. Yes, there is. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, I mean, depending if you're playing just the players within the game playing and no spectators let's assume if it's, if it's no spectators there's actually two winners then really there's the, it's the whoever wins on the board from a normal diplomacy point of view yeah. but then there's who's actually won on the currency side of things and I guess in this way this is played that's that last one who wins with the most amount of currency and value that's actually the determining factor isn't it they're the, the true winner even though it doesn't affect their um points on you know yeah, I mean, you're playing it for fun of yeah. course you know I mean it's a variant and you know if it was me I'd try to win both who wouldn't yeah, who wouldn't yeah. right, right. but uh, I don't know kudos on winning a game you know fully winning it regardless of what variant you're playing and you know kudos on winning a game of course you know, there's been a few and 
and and look, just looking at uh, what the, the game that I was involved in, which is, and you were back in 2013, which is Boss 901. Um, looking at the the money there, I think you won. Did I? You won convincingly. Look at this. That's like the um, you had 27,123 units. This is, I think, just before the end of the game. Bozo yeah. won 20,000. I came on about 16. I think I came uh, 18,000. I came third. Jeez, that wasn't too bad. I remember this game. Um, we enrolled Guros yes. to be the game master of this one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, sorry, he looked after the spreadsheet. He looked him. after the spreadsheet for us. So we sent in um, our orders for the currency. Yep. Yep. Who was I playing as there, Ambi? Um, good question. Looking at this upside down. Can't tell. You must be that very, very blurred one. It must be green. That's airborne. Forest X, no, you were Spain. Spain, eh? Yeah, you were Spain. Well done. No, so you kind of so so you came first in the obviously you won the bourse when it came to the number of you know, what your value was, but you came second overall when it came to supply centers. Yes, Ilum, who was playing Russia, uh, did the best. So you must have been betting on him a fair amount. Although you probably did pretty well betting against for yourself. Well, betting on any of those players that were in the uh, in the final draw would have been. You know, worthwhile because if you if you if you bet on any of the others, and that's a fair, that's over half of the other players. You know, if you spent in any of those currencies, it'd be worth nothing. So, tell me this: if you were a player on the board, if, 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 if we're doing the game within a game, and you're a player on the board, and you get eliminated, you get removed from the game, just defeated, can you continue trading on the boss? Absolutely. So you can yes. still you can actually win the boss. And, and be eliminated. And be eliminated in the game. Yes. So you actually, I don't know, maybe there's a strategy to deliberately kind of kill off your own currency and <laughs> just short your currency to, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, convince, convince everyone to um, invest in your currency and then suicide. I suppose I you have to do very well and then... Uh... So what do you like about this game? What makes you think, what, why did you want to talk about it today? Well, the force. I, I just find it fascinating to, to think that there's... Jeez, you brought spreadsheets. Well, that's just the uh, t- that's just the uh, spreadsheet from the course. Ah, okay. Um, one that we played. Um, but I just find it fascinating that there's variants out there that exist around the game of diplomacy, but aren't really about playing diplomacy, right? We're talking about we, we're all about variants, right? Yep. And this is a variant of a game that exists only because of diplomacy. Yes. But it exists independently of the game. The game, yeah. yeah. So I, I just wanted to bring it to players' attentions, really. It's, it's, it's a fun game to play. And it is. It's, it's been a while. I, I do have recollections of how I played this game because I, I didn't kind of go through all my orders beforehand and prepare in advance, which would have been logical. Um, but this keeps it spontaneous. <laughs> and more real because when you think about it the way you kind of recall something from three years ago if you can remember it now obviously it must have been right or the perception must have been right I remember when I played this I started very conservative and I quickly worked out the way to get ahead 
is that whole, I won't call it currency manipulation, but it really was currency manipulation. But the problem was, it, I think other players worked that out before me. <laughs> players like yourself, perhaps. Um, and it's really that, 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 I don't think you can go into a boss game as a, as a boss player playing conservatively. I think you have to kind of almost like hit the ground running from, from day one. It's all in. It's all it's, it's, all it's all or nothing. And that was the yep. thing. I think I was kind of I was spreading my portfolio risk, so to speak. <laughs> rather than just kind of, you know Which is a very risky version of playing boards because if you're spreading it amongst all your players, you're gonna lose players. Yeah, but the, I mean the, the issue I guess was Remember how you said before, you can only kind of... There's a, a maximum amount you can sell off at any point of time, right? Yep. So, from memory, what a lot of players did was they kind of short all their currency, sell off 500 of every currency, usually, and sorry, the successful players, and just put all their money into one currency. And often from memory, it would be the player... Who was their currency was very depressed, but there was an opportunity for them to turn things around. Now you had to do that within a time frame too, as well. Yeah, there was a time frame. Current, yeah. if, if the currency is depressed, then that country's quite often down to one or two supply centres left, right? So if you're going to make a buck off that currency, you either had to be prepared to keep that player alive. Yeah, yeah. To, to do good on that currency or be aware that you had to sell it as fast as you could and be aware that you could run a loss because you could only sell 500 at a time. Yep. So it was a risk in putting a lot of money into a player that's down to one or two supply centres and the value of their currency is very low. And from memory, I think a few people lost quite a bit of money when those one or two supply centres characters were killed. Yeah, it's a fine line, isn't it? It's a fine line. Yeah, because there were times that some players were, you know, really depressed in their currency. And you'd find not just, like, an expert like yourself, Kano, would just come in and swoop in and just buy up, but there might be other players doing the same. Yeah, everyone's doing it and all the money's going In which case, at that point in time, there's no incentive, as you said, to to kill off that player. You want to to keep them down. You know what I mean? Keep him down, but kind of make people think, oh, you know, he's, he's going to be here for the long haul. Because this is the thing. If you've got a player that you've been able to, within the, within the game itself, get down to one or two supply centres, and let's say you're a neighbour, and you're heavily invested in his currency, you've got a real incentive, incentive not to kill him, to not keep to him kill alive. Him <laughs> and you know, to, to, to prop him up That's right, like a yeah. puppet. <laughs> because you know you can only sell off 500 units of your currency at any one point of time so yes. it's a great idea and I think it's a, it's, it's a game just it's, we haven't played it for a while on the site and I think it's just waiting it's begging it's begging to be isn't it? yes so yes. what are you going to do about it how are you going to make this happen <sighs> okay well first of all I'm going to get through this K-Octopi game which is recruiting do you want to give a bit of a plug for that now Oh, look, there's one player left to join, so it doesn't even matter. Okay, need so by the time this actually by, yeah. kind of hits the airwaves, yeah. you'll have it up and running. It'll be up and running. So I'm thinking um, after that's up and running, I will 
prepare a spreadsheet. Yep. This is not too. This won't be difficult. Seeing you've got difficult. one over there. Yeah. It's got I a, might. Um, I, see, I, might just, many... I might just advertise because it depends on the amount of people who are interested. Yep. It will depend on what sort of variant. Then you get seven people, classic. Yeah, something like that. Ten modern, fifteen, nine oh one. Thirty-six people interested. We could do a World War Four. <laughs> I tell you what. Look, I, and I, was, I was saying to you before when we were kind of getting uh, new drinks. I find myself at the moment now. Um, I don't want to get myself in too many games. And I've kind of been stupid enough to kind of commit to the uh, the 901 tournament that's going on at the moment. Oh, it's only two gunboat games at once. Well, that's the only reason I've committed, you know what I mean? Because I'm running about four games in V Diplomacy and one game in WebDiff at the moment. And and I normally like only playing about three games at a time. Oh, okay. But my yeah. only advantage... Four games? Maybe I'm down to three games at the moment in VDiff because I had just one finished before, which we'll talk about in the next episode. And... Um, I guess I'm getting to the point now. It's like, yeah, I want to, I want to play some of these things, but I just conscious that it just some of these ones, like Boss and others, can really suck up a bit more time than just straight normal games. You know what I mean? And like gunboat games. This is why I said, yeah, I'll play two two gunboat 901 games because you don't have to worry about all the negotiations, and it's just a case of analysing the board, seeing what all the other players are doing, and going, okay, bang, 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 orders in, done. Yes. You can get it done in half an hour. Easy. You know, I mean... Easy. Wow, geez. Did you take half an hour? Well, I've got about three, four gunboat games going at the moment. Oh, I thought you were just talking about the two gunboat games on. Oh, yeah. That we're both in, but we actually... (laughs) Neither of us know who who we are, because it's all anonymous. Yes. Other than that, we are playing in the same ones, and it's um, turning into a very interesting tournament at the moment. Some, Some areas are... But anyway... We won't go into that. No, 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 no. Not until after. Actually, I don't know. After, I mean, I'm assuming that once the individual games are over and done with, we can talk about it. Yes, you can talk about it then. Awesome. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Let's, let's hope that, you know, it'll be interesting it'll be interesting for at least one of them, if not both of them, to have a situation where one of us has kind of killed off the other. Yeah. <laughs> well, no doubt that's probably happening at the moment. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see how we go. Yeah. Anyway, look, just before we wrap up this um, this episode, one thing I do want to mention is, um, and we're talking about 901. Actually, were you finished with Boss, Sally? Yeah, yeah, we're finished yeah. with Boss. So, hey, look, one thing I'll say, um, hop on vdiplomacy.com uh, or .net, go to the forums. Hopefully, um, this will be promoted at the moment by Kano when you listen to this, and depending on who signs up, we'll, we'll kick off that particular game. Um, There'll also be links to the site as yes. to where the rules are and things. Yeah, and we might yep. we might actually link off off to so that that um, that Boss 901 game for a bit of info. Um, some of the Rena Shimiento games that we talked around earlier. Yep. So you can kind of check all that stuff out, which is all awesome. Um, and I forgot what the fuck I was going to say. Oh, and we're going to start looking at trying to actually um, include imagery in this as, as a podcast, aren't we? Is this it? Yes, 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 something like that. How something are we going like to do that? that? Not within a podcast, it's all audio. Oh, it is audio. But we can link off to things on YouTube and embed it within the actual show notes. Yeah. We're looking at that. Which brings me back to the other thing, so 901. So the very, very first episode within 901, we actually got some great comments that came back um, in uh, on the website, uh, which of course is diplomacygames.com, from two of the players. Um, and G-Man just recently posted um, to me saying I've tried to actually 
post his comments, where he's tried posting his comments, and the website went, uh-uh, you know, <laughs> can't do that. Um, I, I tried reposting for him without success, um, so I, I do acknowledge he's got some, some interesting ideas. It's actually probably too much to sit down and kind of verbatim say what he said on this particular podcast, but we'll see if we can kind of fix that up. Yeah, we're looking into it. We're looking yeah. into it. Um, to be honest, I've already tried looking into it and I can't fucking work out how to make it go. Um, <laughs> my technical skills are pretty piss poor, to say the least. I'm actually surprised that we've been able to get as much done, both with variant creation and also getting this podcast and website up and running with how <laughs> piss poor our skills are. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's more um, enthusiasm than anything else, though. There's a lot of passion there. There's a lot of passion. A lot of enthusiasm. <laughs> And that's, that's what you need in diplomacy. Otherwise, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah, you just get knocked by the wayside. It's dull and it's boring. <laughs> anyway, so thank you for listening to our third podcast. And we are going to get another drink and Sounds spend good. a little bit. And we're actually going to record our next podcast um, tonight, aren't we? We are. We're actually yeah. going to do back-to-backs. Um, it's got more to do with the fact that the way the web server works and the way it kind of accepts podcasts, we can pretty much only pump out about two a month. And we've got a bit of time on our hands, so we thought... We have a bit of time on our hands, and this, this, there is beer and wine still to be drunk at the bar. They, looking at that, there seems to be quite a lot of stuff there to be drunk. Yes. Very well. Anyway, cheers. Cheers. Have a good one, everyone. And uh, hopefully you've been enjoying this one. And one thing I actually really, really like, if I can just digress for one second before we close up, I love uh, Kana. The comments we've been receiving, just as PMs and everything from people who've been listening to the podcast saying... Because I think we mentioned it. Look, if it gets too loud, too noisy, you don't like the whole the bar atmosphere, let us know. <laughs> the number of people who have been PM me saying, no, 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 keep it up. I feel like I'm at the pub with my mates. And <laughs> I'll often, I'll kind of, I'll be listening to your podcast and I'll kind of crack open a, a beer and I'll be sitting there and I'll be drinking it whilst listening. And I feel like I'm there. So I, I think it's an it's important thing. Yes. Um, and, and more to the point of, we've only had two drinks now. And in fact, we're going to do a back-to-back. When we come up to the fourth episode and actually release that, we'll be starting to get a little bit... A bit slurry. A little bit slurry, yeah. So um, expect expect it to to roll on, the good times. But anyway, thanks again for for listening, and uh, catch you later and keep stabbing. All right, have fun. Bye-bye.